Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper from Crossway Christian Church here in Nashua, New Hampshire, and we are on day 14 of a 40-day journey where we're learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom. And so far, we've learned that God is inviting us to experience greater spiritual freedom in and through Him, and we experience that through what we've described as the goal of the Christian spiritual life, which is union with God, and to be more in God to live more with God. We've got to grow in agape love, to be pervaded with the very love that is emblematic of who Jesus is. And to grow in love, we must experience growth in the core aspects of who we are. The greatest commandment, Jesus says, invites us to love God with your whole being. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. Then he says the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, over the last five sessions, we've looked at loving God with our mind, which is comprised of our thoughts and emotions. We've looked at loving God with our heart, which is the executive center of who we are. We've seen how we are to love God with our bodies, to be show places of his greatness, and to love him in the relational aspect of who we are. And we'll finish walking through this kind of great commandment today by exploring how we might experience the transformation of our souls. And I think this is so needed now because if we want to see revival and renewal in our church in ways that we desperately, desperately need, we've got to take a good look at the transformation of our souls. Now, one of the greatest renewal movements in the History of the church took place in the 19th century in England, led by people like John and Charles Wesley. And the renewal took place as men and women gathered in smaller groups and began to speak very honestly about how their lives and their faith was really going. And the central question that comprised their meetings was this, what is the state of your soul? Take a moment just to ponder that right now. What is the state of your soul? How well are you loving God with all your soul? This is so essential because the scriptures have a lot to say about the importance of the soul and for tending it or caring for it well and wisely. In Deuteronomy 4.9, we read, Only give heed to yourself. And keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen. Jeremiah 6.16, one of my favorite parts of the Old Testament, says, Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look, and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. 
And if that language sounds familiar, I, beca- I believe it's because Jesus draws from it in Matthew chapter 11, where he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. I believe transformed souls are rested souls, and we find rest by taking on the yoke of Jesus, which is about learning to live our lives the way he would do it if he was us. So the Bible obviously talks a lot about the soul and the state of your soul. So what is the state of your soul today? Well, to answer that, I think it'd be wise for us to take a step back and really consider what is the soul? Probably the best description of the soul that I've ever come across is from Dallas Willard's book, The Renovation of the Heart. And he gives several windows into what this elusive part of who we are, yet core part is, and that is the soul. I've heard him teach on this directly, and I've spent probably the last dozen years or so trying to understand what is the soul. And I know many others who have studied under Dallas have really labored greatly to try and comprehend this as much as we possibly can, but they've kind of drawn a similar conclusion that as hard as we have tried to study to understand this, we don't quite fully have our minds wrapped around it. So this is kind of at least my best attempt to help us understand a bit of what the soul is like. So with that in mind, let's try and step out into these deep waters of the soul for a moment to discover how we might better love God with who we are. Willard writes this in Renovation of the Heart. What is running your life at any given moment is your soul. It's the aspect of your whole being that correlates, integrates, and enlivens everything going on in the various dimensions of the human self. It's the life center of the human being. So throughout these last sessions, we have learned that the key parts of who we are as human beings is that we have thoughts, emotions, a a will or heart or spirit. We have a social aspect, a body, and our soul is this aspect that connects and correlates all the other parts. And so perhaps it is the soul that ties and binds together how our heart influences our thoughts and how our thoughts influences our heart and so on and so forth the soul is deep willard contends in the sense of it being basic or foundational to us and it's also deep in the sense that it lies almost totally beyond conscious awareness perhaps an image would be helpful to understand the soul a bit more In Renovation of the Heart, Willard likens the soul to that of an inner stream of water. Try and picture that within you for a moment. It gives strength, direction, and harmony, this river does, to every other element of your life. And when the stream is as it should be, and thus all the other parts of our life would then fall into place being what they should should be because the soul integrates the other parts of who we are, So when the soul is as it should be, the soul is in harmony with God. And that's when our lives are aligned with him as they should be. So an essential, absolutely fundamental aspect of living life with God then is about tending to our souls or what we might call soul keeping. 
And Jesus speaks of this often. In Matthew 16, 26, he asks, What good is it for one to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Lose your soul. A person tempted toward losing their souls is one whose life is no longer under the direction of this inner stream. Instead of finding one's source of life in God in this stream, the direction of our life, the greater influence is taken over by external things. It could be things like popularity, possession, performance, material things. In Luke 12, 19, Jesus describes a farmer who essentially says, Soul, you have many goods laid up for so many years to come, so take your ease eat, drink, and be merry. And for this farmer, this is a cause of losing his soul in favor of external things. He's an example of what 1 Peter 2.11 says, is of someone who has turned their life over to the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Now, there are many images of the soul in the soul book of the Bible, uh, the Psalms, of this stream of life, one that I love is Psalm 46.4, which states that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And then in the next verse, verse 5, we learn that God is in this river, and this river fundamentally is God. Thus, we see that the soul is the most basic level of life in the individual and whose nature is rooted in God and whose health is inseparably connected to its connection or lack thereof with God. So to have transformed souls, we must place our whole selves under God. We want to align our wills, our desires, our pursuits, our little kingdoms with his greater kingdom. We want to surrender, yield, and ultimately obey to live our lives the way Jesus would do it if he was us. One last idea to help us understand the soul a bit more. People who tend to their souls well, Dallas Willard describes them as being Psalm 1 people. Let's read this psalm. Just listen to it from the NRSV version and think about how this is an image of one who has a transformed soul, which is what God is inviting you to. Happier those, the psalmist says, who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delaw is in their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither, and all that they do they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Your soul is like that great inner stream within you. And when your inner stream is aligned with God's, it's like you are allowing a confluence of the stream's <laughs> of God flowing into your life. And when you are allowing that confluence to occur, your soul is healthy. And when your soul is healthy, all the other aspects of who you are will be as well. And we can 
arrange our lives in such a way to experience the confluence of the flow of the river of God into our lives as we delight in him, seek him, root our lives in his truth, practice his way, and take great, great care to know the state of our souls, to make sure nothing external starts to drive the course in the direction of our life more than that inner stream of life, the inner stream, which is our souls, where we are most deeply connected with God. So what's the state of your soul? What might you do to connect the inner stream of your soul more to the living water, Jesus himself? And friends, may your souls be well and well cared for in the care of God. We look forward to seeing you next time.